Welcome into the Unnamed MMA Podcast. Shane Orling sitting in for Adam Abdallah with Jordan Sherwood. As always, breaking down a huge card UFC fight night from Paris. So, Jordan, this will be a little earlier. This is going to run tandem with some of the afternoon Saturday week one college football, huh? Yeah, and I and I like that. I mean, look, I respect the fact that when they go live to Europe, they go live to Brazil. They try and cater to you know the the local audience, and maybe it's a little bit of a sacrifice, like it was you know a couple of weeks ago when we had to wake up uh, at four a.m. to watch the fights in Singapore. Uh, but this is nice. It's it's you know the opening week of the college football, some big games on on the docket. I'm sure you got some plays. I'll have some plays, and why not add a little bit of uh, you know profit uh, to the fights that'll be going on at the same time. All right, so let's get started breaking down some of these fights, some of the biggest fights on the card. We'll start with Benoit Saint-Denis against Tiago Moises. That game, that match, excuse me, uh, looks like 2 o'clock, but the times for these are never fully set, but around then tomorrow afternoon? Yeah, tomorrow afternoon. I mean, this is one of the featured fights for sure. And, yeah, there's going to be a French flavor on this card. There's a couple. There's a several fighters making their UFC debuts, a lot of you know fighters that are unfamiliar certainly to – uh, either casual fans or, or, or hard, even hardcore fans like myself, uh, you know, guys that have been spending the time on the regional scene and making their USA Day debut. This is not one of those cases, though. Benoit Saint-Denis and Tiago Moises have, have been in the UFC now for, uh, you know, a few fights or a few years in Tiago Moises' case. Classic striker versus grappler matchup in, in this one, Shea. You know, Benoit Saint-Denis, uh, very good Muay Thai, very good stand-up, has come into his own after making his UFC debut on short notice, has won three fights in a row. He has 11 wins in his career, all of them inside the distance. So this guy is a finisher. He also uh, was a was a Navy SEAL uh, in the French Army. So this guy really spent some time in the shit before getting to the UFC. <laughs> tough, tough customer for sure. So like that's like the thing is like when you get a, like a guy like this, anytime he's not going to see anything in the octagon that he hasn't seen before in combat. So. Uh, you know, love that story. Uh, he's going to be tested, though, because Tiago Moises is an outstanding grappler. You know, he's been in there with some of the best fighters in the world in the UFC's lightweight division. He's also a, v- a very good evolving striker, but his 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 bread and butter is the ground game, getting people to the ground and submitting them. So uh, if you're on the St. Denis side, you think he's surging, winner of three straight, uh, and his stand-up is going to, uh, you know, be the difference maker. Uh, if you uh, if you like uh, Tiago Moises, uh, you think that this fight's going to the ground and he's going to be able to submit him. Um, I will tell you this, Shay. I, I do think that that kind of the the, the strengths are going to cancel each other out. So I'm actually leaning towards the over in this fight, despite the fact that Saint Denis, like I just said, a finisher and a guy that's you know 11 wins, all of them finish. But the the total, that's what I'm looking at, round and a half. I think the over is the play. Because I think there's going to be a little bit of a feeling out process. This is a step up in competition for St. Denis. uh, And, um, you know, certainly, um, and I think it's going to be on the mind of several of the fighters, particularly uh, the French fighters, like the hometown crowd, the hometown potentially judging. You know, judges are swayed a lot of the times by the crowd reactions. So if St. Denis is, is landing some significant strikes and there's oohs and ahs, that could be scored. You know, in favor of Saint Denis, you know, to the detriment of a, of a guy like Tiago Moises. So, um, I, I really think that the play probably is on the over at one and a half. And if I have to pick a winner, I like Saint Denis. I just think that his 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 ability to prevent the fight from going to the ground uh, is going to be tested. But it's it's proven to me enough in the in the in the four fights we've seen him in the UFC 
and of course, you know, the striking uh, that, that he's going to have. He's going to have the power and he's going to have the, the advantage on it. I've maybe never been more sold on a fighter by you than when you told me that this guy made a career out of fighting for his fucking life. That's basically <laughs> what you said. And yeah. I'm like, dude, I might be all in. Like, this, you make a career out of this. Yeah, You're not well, going to get surprised in the octagon. I'm in. Yeah, nothing's gonna nothing's gonna like you know surprise him. He's, he has, and look, the guy the guy's name is the God of War. I mean, that's so, incredible. Like, yeah, so great story. We'd love to see him. And again, also you know, maybe you know a little bit of bias too because like you like to see those hometown those hometown fighters you know perform in front of their home country men and women. And obviously, this would be a case a showcase. And actually, all three fights we're going to talk about feature Frenchmen or women fighting in front of their home uh, home country. Yeah, let's get on to one of the next fights: uh, women flyweight Manon Furo and Rose Namajunas. Ten and one for Manon Furo. What's the play here? Yeah, very interesting fight because Manon Furo has has looked fantastic since making her UFC debut. She's a winner of ten straight, uh, potentially a, a title challenger, uh, a woman that 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 comes with an outstanding background in in, in both uh, karate and Brazilian jiu jitsu. But her bread and butter is karate, so she's a striker. Um, and this is interesting because Rose Naman Yunus, every you know, a lot of people know Thug Rose, uh, two-time champion, but moving up in weight. So she is, you know, competed. She was a strawweight champion of the world twice. She's now making her debut at, at flyweight. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, first and foremost, how she how she performs with that additional ten pounds. Uh, she was always a smaller strawweight, anyways. So that's my hesitancy, first and foremost, that like, you know, she, she's moving up in weight. Uh, because also she had two wins over the current champion uh, at, at strawweight. But look, she's going up in weight, trying herself at a new weight class. And she's also kind of, you know, she's not a karate background, but she's a striker. And she's going up against Faro, who's probably the best striker in women's mixed martial arts uh, with her karate background and who is a bigger flyweight, you know, someone that has to cut the weight um, to make it to make it down to, 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 to the flyweight limit at 125. So very intriguing matchup. Uh, you know, tough, you know, definitely the toughest test today for Ferro, but you know, Rose Dominion is also Shay, like the, the, her last fight against Carla Esparza, like it was just like shadow boxing and she just did not perform. Something was not right with Rose Nami mm-hmm. Yunus. So you worry about her mindset heading into this fight. And I think also, as I alluded to earlier with the hometown swaying, the hometown judging, like you worry about a, a fight that's going to be a kickboxing match. Um, perhaps the judges being swayed by Faroe landing those power strikes, those more significant strikes, because neither one of these women is a grappler. Certainly, I'm not. You know, I understand Rose can take the fight to the ground. She's got some submission skills, but but her but but where she's come from most is fighting a distance. You know, point fighting, and she's not a knockout artist. So, um, I'm very again, I'm very interested to see it. Can Faroe perform against this level of competition? How does Rose look at the uh, higher weight class? But I think the play absolutely has to be Pharrell. I like her on the money line. Mm. And um, it just be, just because I, I there's too many question marks about Rose. I, I would have loved to see Pharrell against a grappler, like someone that's going to test her, like to try and take her to the ground. But a fighter in Rose that's going to likely just stand with her, it's it's advantage for Rowe. Um, and also, I, I think probably if you want to add a little bit of value, because Faroe's like, I think, trending around like a dollar ninety-five on FanDuel, dollar ninety, maybe even two dollars. Uh, Faroe via decision, uh, I think too, because even though Faroe is a knockout artist, she's got power. Like Rose doesn't get knocked out. Like she's been in there with some bangers, uh, you know, at a lower weight class, of course. But o- only one time she was knocked out was when she was body slammed on her head. So like, you know, that's a little bit different than getting punched yeah. in the face. Uh, you know, the, uh, Jessica Andrade, what she did to her. So. 
Uh, that's that's my suggestion for this fight. It's it's the most intriguing fight for me though on the card because Faroe is supposed to be a title challenger. Uh, how do you become a title challenger? You, you beat a former champion no matter what weight class they competed at. Well, I was just going to ask. This doesn't sound like a fight you're in love with from a betting perspective, but one people might really want to watch. Like if this is is this the Saturday afternoon before the main event? You just pop on the couch and get a risk free entertainment value out of this. I, I do because Faroe again, you know, Faroe Faroe to this point has been very impressive in, in her UFC debut. She come she came with a lot of hype. And even though Rose looked terrible in her last fight, uh, she like she is a fantastic fighter and one of the most popular fighters out there because of her style, because she's typically in barn burners. She typically is a, a, a woman that goes out there and gets finishes. Seven of her 11 wins have come via finish. But, you know, there's there's a couple of times where she's just been in the question marks. That's why I'm not in favor of her winning the fight. But I, I do love this fight and can't wait to see it. Cool. Uh, the main event, Cyril Gan and Sergey Spivak. Anything, anything looking uh, looking like a play here in the main event tomorrow afternoon? Well, I mean, look, just go back to one fight ago. or, or Actually, just look at the history of Cyril Gan. So Cyril Gan had an opportunity to fight for the heavyweight title against John Jones, making his you know UFC debut at heavyweight. And John just ran through him. And I don't know what happened to Cyril Gan. I mean, obviously, John is John Jones' greatest fighter of all time. Um, and prove that, you know, going up and winning another uh, title at a different weight class. But it was kind of like a deer in headlights moment for Surgan. John just took him down uh, and, and submitted him. So uh, a lot of people are handicapping this fight in favor of Sergey Spivak because they believe that fight and then the two fights previously when Surgan lost to Francis Ngannou and Ngannou was able to take him down. That there's something going on with Cyril Gan. Now there's stories that Gan like doesn't train grappling. He doesn't care about it. He just wants to stand and trade. And Sergey Spivak is a wrestler. Sergey Spivak's a guy that wants to take you to the ground. And and that was evidence of it in his last fight when he took Derek Lewis, the Black Beast, down like six times in that fight and then finished him, you know, with a submission in the first round. So uh, the, the the money has been coming in kind of uh, rapidly on Sergey Spivak, taking him down from like a plus 180 uh, uh, underdog to, like, plus 135. The issue that I have with that is, like, I think Cyril Gan, like, was a deer in headlights against John Jones, and that his grappling is actually pretty fair. It's not great, but it, but but his his athleticism, his power, his elusiveness, his Muay Thai, like, that skill set is enough for me to believe that he's going to be able to perform in front of his home countrymen. And the last time he was in front of his own countrymen, he looked fantastic. He knocked out Tai Tuivasa in the main event the last time that they were in Paris, which was, uh, you know, just last year of September, so about a year ago. Um, so I'm loving this Sergey Spivak money coming in because I want to get Cyril Gaon as, as, as close to maybe a pick as possible. So uh, I'm probably suggesting, like, even wait. A little bit more until that price on Cyril Gan, which is was at a dollar ninety, not like a dollar seventy five, to come down. Because I think Gan's going to just have enough on the feet to knock out Sergey Spivak. Because Sergey Spivak, like his nickname is the Polar Bear. I always go to the Polar Bear. Easy with you, Shake. Like, you know, like he's the Polar Bear. He moves like a Polar Bear. You know, he's like <laughs> lumbering and like you know, he's a he's a big dude. He's a heavyweight. He gets takedowns, but he's slow. And Cyril Gan is is a very athletic, fast heavyweight. And I think he's just going to catch. Sergey coming in for one of those takedowns and, and, and turn his lights out. What's the threshold where you would absolutely buy in? Like, no more waiting. It's hit a number where you're just going to buy in on Cyril Gunn. Well, I'll say it right now. I mean, I've already released it at, at, at fatjacksports.com at seventy. I, I like it there. That's fine. I think, you know, you could even get creative and try and find him via knockout because that's how Cyril Gunn, 
you know, that's how he puts people out. They think there's going to be – that this fight is not going to the judges' scorecards. The under at two and a half is, is a dollar fifty. So, like, either, you, you know, you're of the belief Sergey's going to get a takedown and just Gon's like – or Gon's going to knock him out. So, uh, there is a finish. I think the more likely scenario is, is Gon performs well again, has that comfortability because he has a dramatic uh, advantage on the feet. And I think, uh, you know, Gon only lost to Francis Ngannou, who was the heavyweight champion and let go of the title, and also John Jones is the greatest of all time. He doesn't lose to anybody else. So uh, <laughs> Sergey Spivak isn't everybody else. So I like uh, Cyril Gon uh, to win the fight straight up on the money line. But if you want to get creative, let's, let's get him by knockout. I think it's at plus money. Good stuff as always. Jordan, anything you're looking at on the preliminary fights tomorrow? Yeah, well, like I said, you know, there's a little bit of, you know, risk because of, uh, of guys that are either, you know, men or women making their UFC debuts. You don't know much about them on the, on the regional scene. Uh, the Reese McKee and, and, and Ang Lusa uh, is a fight that I'm looking at. Reese McKee made his UFC debut a couple years ago during the pandemic. He, he took a fight on short notice against Hamzat Chemaev. Chemaev blew him out of there in about a minute. But this is a guy that was very successful on the regional scene at Cage Warriors, which is a very uh, famous and, and popular um, European promotion. He's coming back to UFC debut. I think he's right the ship. He's looked good. He's at plus money right now. It's a little bit of a risk because Lusa hits with a lot of power. And Reese, for some reason, he's one of those guys that likes to get hit. Like, he, like, laughs at it. So you don't want to get too many times in the face. But I think a small play on him. Uh, Skeletor, another great, fantastic um, nickname uh, for, for, for the fighter. I like Reese McKee as a small underdog. All right, great information as always, Jordan. Appreciate the wonderful info here on the un- Unnamed MMA Podcast. Anything else you want to get out before we wrap? Hey, look, you know, Jay, thanks for on, filling in for Abdallah. Uh, appreciate it. He's just taking some time off. I don't know how to do what, but I know you got family in town, so appreciate you taking a couple of moments. <laughs> Who knows this. with that guy? He's I, babysitting. I, I, he's what, prepping for Alabama, I'm sure. Like, you know, whatever. Uh, so, no, all good. Enjoy the weekend. Enjoy some fights. Uh, and like I said, FatJackSports.com, where we have all of our plays. Another edition of the MMA Unnamed MMA Podcast in the books. Enjoy the fights tomorrow afternoon. Have a great holiday weekend. All right, you too. Good stuff, man. Thanks, dude. Always a pleasure. Thanks for jumping on and doing this real quick.